The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational program here to give you helpful information about current issues and financial news and financial concepts and strategies that you hopefully um, need to be aware of to make better choices out there, whether you're someone who's working still and thinking about their future retirement, or if you're someone already in retirement. We hope fully make our listeners aware of opportunities and potential problems and what they can do about it. There's, we are sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm known for financial modeling, traditional financial planning and number crunching so that people know what, um, how short-term decisions affect the longevity of your plan, the long-term outcome and what steps and strategies you should be taking to achieve your long-term financial goals, whether it means retiring, spending, and using realistic conservative assumptions related to inflation, spending, taxes, and conservative realistic growth rates and, and helping people know their number as far as what growth rate they need to accomplish their long-term financial goals. And we're not investment advisor, but by knowing and having a financial model uh, that helps you know what growth rate you need. That way you're not taking on more risk than necessary to accomplish your goals because some people now are saying, hey, I want to be more in fixed. I want to be conservative because um, slow growth or no growth is better than the worry of potential loss, especially with all the headlines that we've heard about recessions and the market volatility today. Um, the estate planning team is also, I said, is accredited members, but... Um, are accredited members of the Better Business Bureau and A-rated members of Angie's List. And we've been around Cleveland now more than 35 years, helping people, you know, step-by-step through um, analysis, recommendations, and implementations to make sure things are done correctly. We have both hourly and comprehensive retainer fees if people need a little bit or a lot of help. And we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation to see if our process is appropriate for you and if we can bring you value and benefit through the type of planning we offer. You can schedule a free consultation, again, by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You can also visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. You can sign up for our newsletter the free consultations. Sometimes we have incentives for the consultation. There's one there. If you come in in a certain time frame, you get a discount or bonus hours on an hourly option. You can also listen to our previous shows. There's a link to our podcast. And also we have our September classes, which are specifically for people who have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets. And certainly there's a lot of news related to these assets. And We're going to talk about rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions. We're going to talk about the SECURE Act, the SECURE Act that passed previously and some of the clarification that's recently come out, the proposed SECURE Act um, 2.0. We're going to talk about Roth contributions, conversion rules, how minimum required distribution in many cases actually creates more taxes for the government and what you can do about it. So if you want to come out to the class, it's free to attend. We do ask that you pre-register and I already have people signed up. We have September 14th at 6 o'clock or September 21st at 3 p.m. They're both in Middleburg Heights. And if you want more information, call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And I'm Carrie Waddell and I have Mark Donnelly here with me this morning. Yeah, Carrie. So we'll talk today about the, you know, the Build Back Better is dead. Right. Now we have long live the new IRA. Which is so confusing. <laughs> so I'm sure everyone has heard by now, maybe you haven't, right? that uh, the Democrats are proposing or have passed a bill that they now call the Inflation Reduction Act. A monster? Of 20, 
2022. 739 billion. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, um, I haven't read all 725 pages yet, Carrie. Um, you know, but also to be fair, I don't know if anyone has read all 725 pages. Which I don't know how they can vote on it well, if they didn't read all. That's the Nancy Pelosi. You know, we got to pass it before we know what's that's in ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. But also, I don't know how all the talking heads can make the. You know, it's everything so political sized. You know, I don't care if you're on the left or the right. Well, you can't trust anything. And, you know, it's just the idea that, you know, you have to really try to determine if this legislation, if it passes, would it affect you or how it may affect you. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, of course, everybody's heard that we got, you know, the, a lot of the GDP data came in, you know, so the first read on the second quarter. Came in negative, you know, not big negative, less than 1%, 0.9%, but that's following the first quarter GDP, which was negative. So technically, that's a recession when you have two consecutive negative GDP quarters. But speaking of politics, the Democrats did a pretty darn good job of trying to convince everyone ahead of the GDP read that it doesn't mean we're in a recession. Okay. Mm. And it, because it, there, there's, you know, really it's based on other factors, not well, just the negative the, GDP. So they're reading. changing the definition now? Well, it depends on how you interpret that, Carrie. I mean, oh. it's, it's so really it's the nonprofit group, the National Bureau of Economic Research is the official recession labeler, right? Okay. And, they don't act quickly. I mean, I mean, basically, historically, they often it's a rearview mirror. They often don't declare a recession until you're already, you know, out of it. Um, so, you know, they they haven't said it's that You know, Fed Chair Jerome Powell says it's not a recession yet. Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, said it's not a recession yet. President Biden saying no, no recession, and they're all kind of hanging their hat on other economic data. So, you know, we've got all these other economic data that we're dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. We've got GDP. We've got GDI we have to be aware of now. PCE came out this week. ECI we got to be aware of now. So many alphabets. I think I need Google to keep them all straight. Jeez. All right, so we'll talk a little bit about that um, as well. Um, it's also earnings season. So another economic indicator is how are the big bad corporations doing? Right. And who's doing well, who's not doing well. And does that give you some indication of where this economy is going? Um, so I don't know. Okay. Where do I get started? The um, new IRA? Yeah. Well, let me just. Well, even before that, maybe I should just go over quickly some of the. You know, just for the the number. Does anybody care about the real numbers? Mm, real numbers for what part? Like the I, GDP, the PCE. and well, I mean, it, it matters if you're trying to stay away from the talking heads that are basically making hysterical, you know, comments. So hopefully you vote the way they want you to vote, right? Um, so if you try to get away from that, you know, what's really happening? So as, as we know, GDP came out, yeah. Oh, already mentioned that 0.9 percent negative. Ooh. That's the first read. Remember, there's three reads on GDP. Right. So we'll see if they alter that on the second read. Um, you know, and or why do they even come the, out with the first read if they're going to potentially alter it? Well, it's just like everything else. As more data, more why time. Why don't they just to, wait for more data? Because the, the the world doesn't want to wait. The world wants the answer yesterday. Yeah. Karen. Right. Well, do well. Don't you always say, "Do you want a quick answer or do you want the right hey, answer?" Well, that's I was going to say that's what we tell people all the time. Do you well, want a quick answer or you want the right answer? Then that leads to the argument. People saying, "Don't jump off the cliff yet," thinking right. we're in a recession. All right, um, but you know, it, it, are we? Well, it, and, and really, the, that's not the question. I think of whether we're in a recession. I mean, whether we're in a technical recession right now or not. I mean, really, what you may want to be concerned about is when the pain recession is going to hit. Right. How does that impact if I'm going to retire? How does that impact my financial decisions, um, my spending, some of the decisions I was going to make? My plans right. is really what I care about. I don't care what you call it or yeah. how it's defined. It's yeah. how does that impact my life? 
Right, and will this somber summer of 22 ever end, Carrie? Um, so, so some economists are saying it's not only GDP. What about GDI? Okay. okay. Um, well, you know, and that's gross domestic income, which is the flip side of gross domestic product. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically, it 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 you know it goes in the same direction of GDP, and meaning that's an indicator that how the economy is going. But so for like, for example, in the first quarter, although GDP was negative at about 1.6%, GDI was positive. Okay. So, so meaning that, yeah, there's still the consumer is still strong. Right? So, so that's one indicator that says, well, maybe, you know, we're not in a recession yet. Right. Um, another one is, you know, a lot of talk about stagflation, you know, and Gary, how long have I been talking about stagflation? Uh, often that we don't want that. We don't want that. But the reason why a lot of economists don't believe we're in a stagflation period is because the unemployment has is still at a relatively low rate. All right. So remember the three leg stool of stagflation is slowing or lower GDP. Well, we certainly have that. Right. High inflation. Well, we, we certainly that. have that. And a high unemployment rate, which right. we don't have right now. But, of course, we're watching that. And so what do you watch in that? You may want to watch the weekly jobless claims as well as right. the, the monthly jobs report and stuff like that. So the weekly jobless claims came in this week, Carrie, and they came in at 256000 Okay. That's not. That's going the wrong direction. Right. Remember the 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 the. the we bell? want to be closer to the two hundred. Right. If you know, kind of the unwritten rule is if weekly jobless claims are under two hundred thousand, everything's fine. If weekly jobless claims are going over three hundred thousand, everything's not fine. So for a while there, in the last twelve months, we were heading back below the two hundred thousand. All of a sudden, though, we're starting to creep back up. Right. And we've heard about all the layoffs, a lot of the big companies that have laid off. Um, and so we're at 256. So we're getting closer to 300,000 yeah, and getting closer to 200,000. Um, now, but the asterisk here is in the doldrums of summer. The auto companies tend to retool. They do a lot of layoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those laid off auto workers file for claims. So that's, that's something seasonal that's uh, historically been the situation in the summers. And that may be, you know, causing some of the tick up in the weekly jobless claims. Um, we also got PCE data. Okay, now that's the, um, you know, the personal consumption expenditures index. That's the preferred Federal Reserve inflation indicator, right? It's put out by the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis. So, all right, so we got the, uh, you know, so we got the June numbers and, you know, Carrie, they, they don't look good. Okay. Right? Um, all right, so headline, okay, number came in at 6.8% year over year. Okay, higher than the previous 6.3. Okay, um, a new 40-year high, I believe. All right, um, going the wrong direction. Now, there's inflation, another indicator saying inflation has not peaked yet. Right. Okay. Um, Great. The month over month. Okay, a lot of, you know, that. remember sometimes President Biden or other people will say, don't be so worried about the year over year, what's happening in the last 30 days, Right. You know, they're that peaking, that the idea that maybe we've reached the peak. It's not reflected in a 12-month rolling, but it's reflected in a 30-day rolling. Well, that's no longer the case. So, for example, a couple of months ago, it, the month-over-month increase was down to 0.2%. And people were starting to feeling, hey, maybe maybe the Fed's tools are working. Maybe we're seeing, okay, this slow down, this peak inflation. Well, um, this month, it came in at 1.1%, Carrie. Oof. Back over one percent. Right. Previous month was point six percent. Previous month of that was the point two. That is not going in the right direction. Now that's headline. Of course, Federal Reserve and a lot of other economists say let's look at core because the Federal Reserve admits that their tools really don't work on oil prices globally as much as, or pretty much as food prices because it's a global situation. So if you want to look at core PCE. Again, bad news. Um, this month, year over year, came in at 4.8%, worse than the previous month of 47 
Mm. Almost back to the month before that, 4.9. Oh, lovely. Um, all right. Um, how about month over month? Okay, this time it came in at 0.6. This is core PCE, 0.6%, a bit worse than last month's 0.3%. So basically everything going the wrong direction. Um, so that indicates that inflation has not peaked out yet, which also indicates that the Federal Reserve will not back down on their interest rate hikes. Mm-hmm. So they, they announced this week, you know, the 75 basis points, no surprise. Um, they'll meet again in a couple months or whatever, six weeks or whatever, and we'll see. Um, they stopped really giving forward guidance because they're saying they don't know anymore. They're, they're going to watch the data. But don't be surprised if you see higher interest rates. You know, a lot of people are talking about when are we going to see the Fed pivot? You know, when are they going to stop increasing, uh, you know, interest rates and maybe even start decreasing again if the economy gets to be too negative? Right. Um, all right. What was the other alphabet carry that I was going to talk about? ECI. Okay. Um, all right. So ECI is the Employment Cost Index. And this is where the economists look and see, well, what, how much has the payroll ta- ta- tax, the payroll cost of the corporations gone up? Okay. But it also indicates how much workers' wages have gone up. Right. Okay. Um, and which all leads into this, whether or not we have a stagflation or is, is the consumer still strong because wages are going up, you know, and, and things like that. So we got the ECI. And, okay, so I think this is a quarterly carry. We don't look at this one too much. It's I think it's, we're going to have to start, I guess. Um, the Fed pulled this out of their hat. You know, they said, well, one of the other things we, because everyone's asking the Fed, what else do you look at? Right. And they said, well, we look at ECI. And they were like, well, what does that mean? Because no one's, you know, you know, so, all right. So um, it, it came in at, so it was saying that compensation costs are up 1.3%. I think that's a quarterly. I think that's March through June. Okay. Um, the, the experts were looking for 1.2%. So it, it missed the you know the what the street was looking for but it was better than the previous which was 1.4 percent okay so yeah so there's a mixed reaction onto that um and they said the year over year you know which you know wage and salary increase was about 5.3 percent okay so I guess one way of looking now now so how does this how do you you know and and so that's another indicator is saying well Okay, yeah, if inflation is nine, but wages are going up five, do you kind of net out the two, right? It's still the point the wages aren't keeping up with inflation. Now, you could say, too, is wage inflation more sticky than some of this other inflation? Because if you do give pay increases, I don't know if you can just decrease those six months from now. Usually not. Um, so, you know, but but so, so, for example, like, if you look at, Kevin McCarthy, okay, the the minority leader in the House, Kerry, right? So you might have heard him talking during the week, and he's the way he is spinning this is, you know, the question he's throwing out to American voters: Can you afford to lose one month's salary? Did you hear that, Kerry? During no. the week, okay. Can you afford to lose one month's salary? All right, and how does he get there? Right. Um, so basically, he says, well, if you take one twelfth. You know, you get 12 months of pay. You take one twelfth of that. That's about 8.3%. So he's saying that's really what inflation. So that's just another saying the increased cost of goods, what it's costing you? Yeah, he's saying because inflation is 8.3%. It's basically one month of your annual salary. Well, I think that's kind of a generalization because one month of my salary isn't necessarily what I'm spending at the grocery store on gas. My mortgage is fixed. I mean, but it makes that, a good headline, right? If you're trying yeah. to get votes, because it's, it's a scare tactic, right? Can right. you Which afford are, to lose one month's salary? And for some people, absolutely, it that, is it, one month. Right. I think that's it's probably right. who he's talking with, but I think it's too much of a generalization which comes back to how does this affect me because i'm certainly i think things are not good right so what how do we help our clients navigate 
and answer that question. Well, first of all, we always recommend, why don't you calculate your personal inflation rate? Because mm-hmm. maybe that's where you ought to start. And, 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 and don't ask your neighbor what their inflation rate is. Right. You have to kind of do this yourself. Right. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, well, it's it's not that, you know, you, you got to right. get started somewhere. I mean, basically what you would do is you, you just zero in on your normal expenses. Right. Your utilities, your gas, your groceries, your personal grooming, your whatever. Mortgage, auto loan. Right. Health insurance. You know, and you you discount any unusual purchases. So, in other words, you're doing this if you want to do it year over year, which you know that's when most right. people start. So, the idea is if you've been if you've been tracking your expenses, you should have what your expenses were last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, or you know, or maybe the, the the like if we're doing this right now. If you let's say you thought inflation has peaked here in June. So you'd want to add up your expenses in June of 2022 and compare them to what your expenses were in June of 2021. And take away the things that you bought. I bought a new couch. I bought, had right. a tree taken down. Take that out of the equation. We're talking about ongoing expenses. Right. And you, so that, and that's the 12 month difference. So you say, okay, so if, if, you know, all right. So let's say your current month of June expense, or, or, you know, based on the month of June expenses, you, you, now extrapolate that over 12 months. So let's say it was $50,000. Okay. So let's say, so currently if I take my latest June or my latest expenses, I'm striking with all this inflation we've had, it's going to cost me $50,000. Now I look at last year and let's say it was costing you 47000 Okay. Apples and apples. So you had a $3,000 increase. Divided by the $47,000 last year's expenses, that's about a 6.4% inflation. Okay. Okay. So that's a down and dirty. That's, that's kind of how you do it, right? Um, but so, but, but Kevin McCarthy, what he, what he, what I didn't see or didn't hear him talk about is, um, you also though, don't you have to kind of look and see how much your income has gone up? Right. Cause if you got a pay increase, doesn't that kind of reduce the inflation hit? Mm-hmm. Right. If you're making more this year than last year. Doesn't that, that offset some of the expenses? It makes sense, right? Right. Okay. So how you know? So you know, again, you don't ask your neighbor what their you know cost of living increase was in the paycheck. You have to kind of know what yours was, right? But let's look at the the world of big numbers, right? So so let's look at the eight point three percent inflation. You know, one month. You know, right? And I just told you the ECI, you know, which was the the the, the year over year was wages five selling, point was five point three. So if you take the 8.3 less the 5.3, that means you're you're a 3%. Okay. Right? Okay, right. So I, I just think that's oversimplified, but yeah. I'm just but I mean McCarthy did say right. take anything out. Right, which I think that's an over I mean Yeah, so let's just say you know just doing it on the back of a napkin. So really you're saying okay, if I had a 3% increase um, and I'm going to times that by 12, you know, you know, the same way it, it's, it's about one third of a month's pay. <laughs> okay. So it's not a full month's pay. It's about one third of a month's pay. Now, what about if you're already retired, Carrie? So let's say you're on social security. Right. Okay. So you had an 8.3% inflation. Well, your social security this year went up. How much, Carrie? 5.9. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we take the 8.3 less the 5.9 Social Security cost of living increase for this year, and that's a net difference of 2.4. Okay, 2.4%. So I times that by 12. Um, okay, so that works out to about, you've lost about one week of your pay. Okay. Okay, in this case, Social Security being your retirement income, your pay. Okay, so one week may be a little bit more better or easier to handle than one month. Okay. Mm-hmm. What happens if you weren't in the social security system? Let's let's say you were an STR. Let's say you were a public employee. That's STRS, Carrie. Okay. Didn't they get an increase this summer? They did. Okay, three percent. So you would take the eight point three percent less the three percent. Uh, you know, cost of living increases STRS reinstated. Now we don't know if they're that's going to be every year ongoing. Okay, they reinstated for this year. Okay, that's a net of five point three. Okay, that's about two thirds of a month's pay. 
Okay. So it's just, so I don't know, in other words, if you need to get too caught up in the headlines or the talking heads and their 30-second sound bites that are just trying to shock you into voting for them. Right. I think it comes down to how does that impact my day-to-day, my lifestyle, my spending, the choices that I'm making to create income for any shortfalls I have. And that's what we do for our clients because some people need to adjust and some people really don't. And some people can be more conservative and never change your spending and they're never running out of money. Um, and that's where financial modeling is helpful and making those decisions. And even in down markets, there's opportunities for IRA um, distribution planning, certainly Roth conversions and There's opportunities in every economic situation. And if you want to take advantage of a free, no obligation consultation that talks about your specific issues and concerns, and we actually will prepare free preliminary analysis if you fill out some information, um, you can give us a call for a free, no obligation consultation, which again, we're happy to do by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Also on our website, um, we have our free September classes for IRA and Roth planning on September 14th at six o'clock or September 21st at 3 p.m. that you're more than welcome to attend. You just need to pre-register, which you can do that at again at financialfoodforthought.com. And Carrie, just one more point about this. So So the other thing we try to get our clients to understand is that regardless of how bad you think that this economic downturn, so maybe we can't call it recession, Carrie, maybe we can, maybe we can't. Can I just call it an economic downturn? That's fair. Can anyone disagree that 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 hasn't happened? Mm -hmm. So economic, okay, depending on how bad or deep or extended you think the economic downturn will be, and the fact is you're not running out of money tomorrow. All right. Or we sure hope not. You got bigger problems. Right. Um, It's really what you're trying to get a handle on is how does this current economic downturn affect the longevity of your financial plan? So and and by the way, if you don't have a financial plan, I don't know how you do this. In other words, you need something, you need a base case, you know, where were you, you know, had you already, were you already have a a financial plan that told you you weren't going to run out of money before life? And as a matter of fact, you haven't gotten to that point yet, come see us, because that's where you got to start. But let's say you, you were at that point, you had that on your shelf, and everything was going fine up until this year, right? So now... The idea is, okay, we have this economic downturn. We can now go back into the financial model, make the adjustments, however negative you want to be. That could be include higher inflation than what you're using in your base case for an extended period of time. It could be further market downturns. Okay. All right. Um, for, you know, now. And then what you want to now compare is saying, okay, under that worst case scenario, Am I still not running out of money before life? Okay. Um, in other words, how it, 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 I'm not going to run out this year. The question is, if my base case plan was lasting to age 90, 95, do I hear 100? Under this worst economic model condition, how long is it lasting? Right. So maybe my plan A was lasting to 95. And now my plan R, we sometimes call that for recovery or recession. Now my, my plan's not lasting to 95. It's lasting to 92. Okay. So is that enough of a concern of yours that says, wow, I have to make changes? And everybody's different. Some people will absolutely feel like they need to because they, and other people will say, nah, I, I don't care at that point. Which we have people say, hey, if I make it, you know, that doesn't matter. I'll adjust down the road. But at least you know. And you also, though, you know, now you can also, I also warn people, don't try to give me catastrophic, you know, that the world is ending tomorrow or that whatever. Because then really finances don't matter in reality. Yeah, you know, then, or, you know, 
you're going back to the whiteboard if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, so realistic. So you, you can get conservative and realistic. You know, both those parameters are important. For example, Carrie, what, you know, when we mentioned that Social Security went up 5.9% this year, what does your plan say that Social Security is going up next year? Well, what they're telling us, it's going to be 8%. Right. You might not have in in your plan yet. And that's a, pro- a realistic number based on this inflation. And in our plans, we were using what for years for Social Security, 1.2 cost of living increase. Right. I think we bumped it up to 1.8 to 2%. Now, that doesn't mean we would we would recommend that you assume an 8% COLE increase every year in Social Security. Not forever. realistic. But it may be realistic for next year. Right. And then you may go back to a, 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 a more of a 10-year rolling, which may be 1.8%. You know, I think we're using currently right now. Um, and see how that affects. How about Medicare? You know, we talked about when you're c- calculating your personal um, inflation rate. Don't forget about health insurance, right? And sometimes health insurance increases sneak up on you. Right. For example, Medicare B went up fourteen and a half percent this year. All right. It went from, you know, one hundred and seventy ten dollars, you know, one hundred and seventy dollars and ten cents a month from the what? The one forty eight fifty or whatever it was trying to go by memory. It was a fourteen and a half percent increase. All right. That's again, it doesn't mean we're going to assume that every year Medicare B is going up by fourteen and a half percent. It was true for this year. Right. So if you're calculating this year compared to last year, You'll you'll capture that right because you'll be using the 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 one seventy a month now versus last year's one forty eight a month. But now, what about next year? So don't look now, but actually, Medi- you may be getting a rebate on your higher fourteen percent Medicare this year because mm. of that Biogen you know issue, right? You know where that's the pharmaceutical company that was going to come out with the Alzheimer's drug, right. and it was going to cost fifty six thousand a year. You really going to hold your breath for that? I, it may happen. And so, I don't th- yeah. well, maybe you don't want to book that. Okay, maybe you want to be more conservative. But again, I don't know. But these are the things. So this is how you, you know, you make, you know, how you make conservative, realistic assumptions. But the key of the financial planning discipline is that if reality changes an assumption that you've made, you know how to go in and manipulate your plan accordingly. Right. This year, I think more than ever, we're updating a lot of plans because people haven't in a while. They've been on track and our maintenance process. We've seen they've been, especially over the last several years, if you're ahead of plan constantly, then maybe, and you haven't had really major changes other than looking each year at Roth conversions, cash, tax efficient cash flow planning and efficient IRA distribution planning. It's also um, making adjustments saying, how do these higher inflation rates? I'm worried about a market downturn and a slow recovery does that change some of the gifting i was going to do the home maintenance the travel the hobbies um and certainly for some people does it change my planned retirement date and so you know periodically updating the plan with major tax laws major changes is important to make those adjustments and with our custom plans you can get into as much detail as possible or if you're just faced with decisions like timing of social security pension elections, Roth conversions, and saying, who knows what's going to happen down the road. And if you're concerned about future tax increases, you want to make sure that you're doing everything possible. And there's so many people that don't know what they don't know until um, you become aware of options and choices available. Um, So if you want to take advantage of a free consultation to see how we may be able to help you and what you can do about your financial life, you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. Estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over the decades, Carrie, we have certainly recommended to our clients, spoke to our clients about, don't get too hung up with all the negative headlines. Oh, it's so hard. That, see, this is why I only read the news. I don't listen to the news. I don't watch TV news anymore. I read it on the headlines so I can skim. read Because it, all it is is negative. There's rarely or anything it's, good. Or it's just very politically driven. And, and you don't know what to believe. And I'm the sorry left anymore. is just as bad as the right. right. I don't know. I'd say the left is a little bit worse on many. All right. I'll, make, <laughs> I'll play devil's advocate and make a case for why I said the right is just as bad as the left. Um, Mark, you're going to like alienate some of our listeners. 
Well, <laughs> I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying, you know, in other right. words. Right. It, it's either side. You have to understand where it's coming you, from. You've got to see if, if, if it really affects you. And it may or it may not. It may or may not. So uh, that leads to my Cassandra of the Week Award, okay. Carrie. All right. Um, all right. So if you haven't listened to our show before, I've, this year I've started the Cassandra of the Week. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Cassandra is a, uh, uh, a reference back to Greek mythology where um, Apollo, you know, Zeus's son, you know, fell in love with the beautiful human, you know, princess Cassandra. And to win her favors, he gave her a gift. Okay. And the gift was clairvoyance, right? And prophecy, really. The gift of prophecy. So he bestowed that gift upon Cassandra, but Cassandra didn't bestow upon him what he was looking for. So he cursed the gift. He didn't take it away from her, but he cursed it by adding a caveat that no one would believe her anyways. So she had to live the rest of her life making these prophecies that no one believed, right? And that's the, that's the reference. So, who, so Peter Schiff, economist Peter Schiff, gets my Cassandra of the Week award. Okay. U.S. is headed for massive layoffs. Mm. Okay. Now, again, if that is the case, that's the stagflation argument, and that's going to be bad. Because that's the one thing that a lot of the political, and I'm here, I'm going to blame the Democrats. They're saying, you know, we're not in recession yet because of the labor market. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So this is Peter Schiff. The Dems claim that we're not in a recession because unemployment is still low. But weekly jobless claims continue to rise and mass layoffs are coming. In the meantime, even though most workers still have their jobs, they've all suffered huge pay cuts as a result of inflation. We're in a recession now and it's going to get worse, which means a lot of companies that were kind of holding on to their workers because they had a more optimistic view of the future are going to have a more realistic view. And I think they're going to be the layoffs. The final point, this is going to be a brutal recession. Oh. I think it's going to be more of a depression by the time it's over. Oh, that's great. So that's so Peter Schiff gets our Cassandra of the Week Award. Um, earnings, just real quickly on earnings, Carrie. Um well, Chip Act passed. Okay, that you know that's that's good news for Dewine. Must be uh, you know breathing a little bit easier. Okay, because you know the the chips and science that you know right because of Intel. Right, that passed, and what they is were kind of waiting to build until they. What's the acronym for chips? Care? Do you know it's the it's the creating helpful incentives to produce semiconductors. Okay. Okay, um, chips. But right, because that would bring a lot of jobs to Ohio, and it was kind of on hold until this passed. Correct. Well. Until the next hurdle, Carrie. So that was certainly one hurdle. Intel said, hey, we're not, we, they had to cancel the bro- the groundbreaking ceremony. Right. Because the CHIPS Act hadn't passed yet. And I've been saying that from the beginning. It was based on the CHIPS Act passing. Right. Well, now it passed, so time right. to break ground? Um. Well, but that leads to my earnings report this okay. week, Carrie. Um, because we had, a, you know, we had a little problem with Intel's earnings, and it's because they didn't, because they weren't building a bunch of semiconductors. So like, <laughs> won't that help their earnings? Okay, so I guess I'm gonna. I don't have time to do all these. Um, carry well. Let me try to. How can I do this real quickly? Let's look at four bellwethers, Carrie. Okay. Um, you know what a bellwether is? Vaguely, okay. It's, it's it's not bell weather like in thunderstorms weather. It's right, bell weather like in the sheep that it leads the flock and he has a bell on. Okay, and they all kind of fall. It's a leading indicator. Okay. Right? Um. So let's look at McDonald's, Walmart, Amazon, and Intel. Okay. Four you would consider bell weathers, right? Mm-hmm. Four big companies. All right. McDonald's beat, Walmart missed, Amazon beat, and Intel missed. Okay. All right. Um, so what's going on? Is Prime there, Day. <laughs> Amazon. Is it only in the, you know, because you would say, okay, Walmart, isn't Walmart and Amazon kind of like apples and apples? Not necessarily. Or how about Walmart and McDonald's? Mm, no. Okay. Um, but why are some companies struggling and others not? Why is Intel struggling? 
because I haven't broke ground on this new facility. All right. Um, because probably maybe people aren't buying new technology or companies. They're saying because, because the demand of, is off. Right. But I'm I thought there was saying. a huge demand for semiconductors. But it depends on what semiconductors you sell. Right. For what products. And I would think if you don't have a backlog, if you don't have a process to build, like those, be, those are future orders. And of course, you hear Walmart, they, now their earnings, I don't think it's come out yet, but they already came out and saying that they're going to be terrible. So why is I'm Mc- surprised that Walmart by us, Mark, the office is always packed. All right. Here's, it's, it, it's, it's the, it's the margin compression, Carrie. It's the, it's the profit margin. It's so small. It's so small. So, so for example, let's compare Walmart and McDonald's. So Walmart, their profit margin is about three to six cents on the dollar. Wow. Okay. That's why their prices are so low. Um, and when you get down to that level, you have to do a high volume to make up profits. And if and if consumers are staying home and are tightening their belts, which I'm sure, or they're the consumers are are not, and the probably the higher end of the six cents is probably more on apparel and stuff like that than like food items, right? So the, you still have to buy your food at Walmart, right? But you might not be going down the clothes aisle, correct? Right. Or some of the houseware goods or discretion, yeah, right. Now let's look at Mickey D's. Okay. Right. Um, now it's also whether or not you know you can increase your you know prop you increase your prices, right? But McDonald's profit margin is about thirty one cents per dollar. That's a big difference. Quite a big difference. Now, of course, they are saying volume too, but and McDonald's, you know. Thanks, oh, I Wimpy. remember those. You remember, yeah. you remember Wimpy? Um, so McDonald's is raising, at least in the UK, they're raising the price of their cheeseburgers. Okay. Now, I don't know if I don't, did, did they raise them here in the US? I have no idea. I don't know either. But um, so anyway, so you can, you can see that. So that's just tells you the difference. That's why McDonald's and Walmart, they're not the same company. Right. One's got a 31% per dollar Huge difference. margin. One's got a three cent. Wow. Okay. Um, now, Intel. All right. Intel's revenue declined 22%. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, the sudden rapid decline in economic activity was the largest driver of the shortfall. All right. Um, earnings came in at 29 cents per share. The street was looking for 70 cents. Revenue came in at 15.32 billion. The street was looking for 17.92 billion. Big misses. So now, yeah, so the chips acts passed, but will Intel build when their profit margins are so low? Or their mm. maybe because maybe it. I guess I don't know enough. I would think semiconductors, no matter what, is a big market. So maybe they'll put money into that. But I don't know. I don't know either. Um, it would be a huge loss for Ohio if they did did pulled yeah. out. I Remember mean, Peloton broke uh, pulled out, right? Right. Remember Peloton was going to build their plant here in Ohio. Oh yeah, that would have been huge. And Where then, did they end up building it? it? They scrapped the whole deal. They got rid of the CEO. So the guy that came in new said, "That's gone. We ain't doing that. We're gonna right. we're gonna farm it out." Um, Probably all right. cost. All right. So okay. So let's talk. So let's talk about the the new Inflation Reduction Act. All right. And all right. So if you haven't heard this, this is something that it was really a deal done by Schumer and Manchin, believe it or not. Right. Okay. Closed door. Now, is it going to pass? I don't know. Probably. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, I think they shouldn't be allowed to pass anything unless they read it and understand it. Well, so what would be the the, why would not pass? Well, one could be. Kristen Cinema, remember the the witch out in Arizona, right? Excuse me, the Wiccan. She is a witch, though. She's a Wiccan witch, isn't she? Yeah, a she, Wiccan. Well, witch. They come to her. I don't. They come to her rallies. I don't think she ever, you know, confirmed that she was or not. But, um, anyways, the so she remember saying she was always against any corporate tax increases, and of course, this new act does have one. Um. Then the, you have the Democrat, the SALT holdouts. Remember the SALT, the state and local right. tax cap. You know, a, a lot of Democrats said they would not vote for a Build Back Better bill if the SALT wasn't part of it. Okay. Now, I don't know if they're going to win because the SALT is going to be reversed anyways at the end of 2025. Right. That's so that's, temporary... a, that's automatic unless they vote, agree to extend it. Right. Um, the, you can also say the RONA has a play in this because remember in the Senate, Gary, you have to be on the floor to vote. Right. 
And if you're home with the Rona, too bad. You're not voting. Um, so the Rona is still playing here. Okay. Now, a lot of people were, and this is what I mean by the talking heads, Gary. So, so a lot of the talking heads were so, they were, they were like so upset or jumping off the cliff because they thought Manchin did a big surprise. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, and it's like, it was no surprise to me. I mean, if you really look back, um, Manchin was always okay with a $750 billion bill back better. And this is, this one's coming at $739 billion, right? Um, he was also part of this bill is to extend the Obamacare subsidies. Right. You know, Manchin re- had more, more recently come out and said, I'm okay with a two year extension right. of the Obamacare subsidy. And this bill actually get three years extension. Okay. Why do we have to make it major though? Why are we throwing in a bunch of crap that isn't necessarily nobody understands? Okay. Um, and I always said on this show and, and to my clients that, you know, don't assume that the B, B, you know, the Build Back Better plan is dead because it would be a, a big mistake for the Democrats to let that opportunity to pass. This may be their last chance to pass a budget reconciliation with just their 50 vote, you know, you know, slight majority. Right. And we're, are, did anyone really think they were going to let that pass and Who not knows? do something? Um, you know, so, um, okay. And so the other thing, too, is so a lot of people are saying, oh, what I heard a lot from the talking heads this week was that, oh, the tax hikes are coming for you. Really? Maybe. All right. You don't think it'll trickle down? Well, is that it? Okay, so let's, so, okay, for the corporate, all right, so they talked about there's going to be a corporate minimum tax. Okay. Okay, 15%. Not 25%, 15 Okay. All right. A current corporate tax rate is 21, but there's companies that aren't paying anything because of the deductions. Okay. You don't think some companies that aren't paying anything because of dedu- now they have a minimum 15, that might help, that may impact in jobs? I don't know. You know, now. Price of goods? Um, but if you, now if you're running your own, now there's also, what I didn't hear the talking heads talk about is what's the threshold for the companies that are going to pay the 15? Mm-hmm. It's a billion dollars. Okay. Um, so when they talk about the small corporations, the small businesses being affected by this, they're not unless, well, to me, a billion isn't a small business. Okay. Unless it trickles down, but that's not what they're saying. They're saying your small business is going to be ruined because of this 15% minimum tax. Well, maybe Mark in all fairness, they're just reading the headlines. You don't think they've read the 725 pages? I don't think so. I don't think anybody's read that. um, Except for the people that wrote it. Okay. Then the other thing they're saying, oh, your tax rates are going to go up because, because your individual, because they're going to give money to the IRS for compliance. Now I care. I'll, I'm thinking that's a stretch. Um, because to me, beefing up the IRS isn't the same thing as a tax increase, a legislative tax increase. Okay. All right. So they're going to give um, $80 billion Okay. to the IRS for taxpayer services, enforcement, and modernization. And it's, a, it's projected to raise $203 billion in new revenue. That's where the talking heads say, oh, see, they're gonna, it's a $203 billion tax increase. No, I disagree. I, compliance of existing tax laws isn't the same thing as a tax increase. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. If you're paying what your fair share, or if you're paying what the law says you should be paying, and you're not doing that right now, is that a tax increase? Mm, that's an increase. I don't know. All right. Um, and part of that, they're going to have 80,000 new IRS agents. All well, right. that's needed considering they don't answer their phones. Uh, well, that'll right. help the unemployment rate, right? Yeah. Where are they going to get those 80,000? <laughs> don't ask Good me. Good luck. Yeah. Um, so so how much are they going to pay those? So 80 billion, 80,000. That's, do you have that government calculator, the one that does the fuzzy math? Right. Here, well, good luck finding people. That's a, is that a million dollars per uh, agent, right? What is that? How many? 80,000 uh, times a million 80, is 80 000, billion, I think. 
Um, whatever. Honest people? Um, <laughs> and, you know, now. Right. Pass background checks. Uh, so, but if you are, now here's the point. If you are paying the taxes that you owe, I don't think you're going to get a tax increase. Okay. If you're not paying the taxes right. you really owe, you might need to be worried about this. Right. Okay. Um, so how aggressive have you been on your tax returns? Okay. Um, now there's certain areas that if you fall into certain areas, yeah, you may be concerned about it. Right. right. Um, that could, you know, what are some of those abusive areas? Um, I'm thinking now. Not Are you thinking the, about the hobby business? That's been dinged a lot on your court case where people have a loss but no income. You've had case studies we've talked about over the years where right. ugh, gone you know, to tax is court. Is there truly a profit mode? So self, you know, your self-employed is going to be a big target. Mm-hmm. Okay. In other words, are you are you claiming real expenses? Are you padding them? Right. Um, are you keeping a clear distinction between your personal and your business? Okay. Some people um, commingle. All right. Um, are you purposely scaling down your W two income and increasing your shareholder withdrawals? Mm-hmm. In other words, to avoid the payroll taxes. Right. Okay. Um, you know, so there could be a lot of you know. So you know, how about? Just normal individuals. Are you really making those charitable contributions you're claiming? Okay. All right. Um, are you not taking your RMDs? That's a 50% penalty. If you get caught. Okay. How about the gig workers? Are you getting paid under the table? Oh, I think a lot of people are doing that. Uh, the eBay sellers, you know, are you starting to report the income you're making selling your, you know, Hot Wheel cars on eBay? Um, no, it was my property is what I'm arguing, you know. Um, I had to pay taxes on that. All right. <laughs> um, you know, so, so again, word to the wise is sufficient. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, and then we could say, well, what isn't in the bill? Okay, well, the UBI is not in the bill. Student loan debt forgiveness oh. is, isn't in the bill. Not 50000 not even 10000 I like that bill. If the um, UBI should never be in a bill. Th- that fourth stimulus check wasn't in the bill. Well, no surprise. Um, okay, what's also what tax increases aren't in the bill? Global corporate minimum tax, Janet Yellen's baby, that's out. The million dollar, you know, the millionaire tax, the wealth tax that Elizabeth Warren was, you know, that's out. Um, the Roth, no Roth IRA changes, you know, the backdoor Roth, the mega back barn door Roth, none of that's changing. Uh, no new higher capital gains tax rate, no limit on the step up in basis. None of How that's happening. How are you going to pay for all this, Mark? Um, uh, no 300 a month child tax credit. Again, so again, we'll be reading the 725 pages. We'll see if this does pass maybe by the August 8th recess, maybe not. In other words, the point is, let's not get too caught in the headlines. Let's make sure if this is going to affect you. All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation or sign up early for our free educational September IRA and Roth planning classes at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.